Welcome to the That Healing Feeling Podcast. I'm your host, Faith Ashenden, founder and CEO of That Healing Feeling, where we show you how to become a self-healer of mind, body, and spirit through nervous system regulation. Join me and thousands of my other students as I dive into the world of neuroscience, subconscious programming, energetics, and radical self-love. In this podcast, you will learn that your body and mind are meant to heal and that under the right circumstances, we can experience miraculous healing by leveraging our own internal infrastructure. Let me guide you as we challenge preconceived notions and outdated narratives and dive into the empowering world of self-healing. My intention is that you leave this podcast full of hope and actionable tools. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the That Healing Feeling podcast. I am so excited that you're tuning in for a special solo episode. The last few episodes have been me interviewing and live coaching, and they've been, you know, a little different than my usual vibe of just talking to you directly. So I thought it was a good time to bring you a special episode, which has been highly, highly requested, and it is the link between trauma and chronic illness. We've been doing a huge trauma push because I really want to do the best I can to try to build this link so that you have a very clear path to follow for how to heal everything all at once. And Making this link for you between trauma and the nervous system and chronic illness is going to give you that roadmap so you feel like, okay, I'm only going to have to tackle one thing to kind of like in one fell swoop, tackle everything, okay? But before we dive into the podcast, I have to share a very special announcement with you and is very exciting, (laughs) I've got to say. Well, first of all, This week has been so fun and so exciting because it is obviously launch week for the Health Transformation Accelerator. My signature program is a two-month intensive program that takes you through brain training and nervous system regulation so that you can reverse your chronic conditions and get back to living your life. This is the only way I work with clients. If you inquired about this because I get loads of inquiries, can I book a session with you? Are you taking one-to-one clients? The only way I work with people is through HTA, the Health Transformation Accelerator. We call it HTA because this program is awesome. It is so highly effective that it has knocked all my other offerings out of the water. So I canceled everything else and poured my effort into this. This hybrid coaching program is the literal roadmap for anyone who wants to regulate to reverse chronic pain, reverse chronic anxiety, depression, derealization, disassociation, autoimmune antibodies, whatever, right? Through nervous system regulation, subconscious rewiring, brain training, so many cool things. I've included the latest updates in neuroplasticity as well as neuro-linguistic programming and trauma-informed coaching. So it is truly an amalgamation of the best of the best when it comes to specifically targeting these physiological sensations within the body that are 
chronic, meaning six months or longer. And I go ham in this group, you guys. I am on WhatsApp every single day. Like, have a question, ping me on WhatsApp. I'm also on weekly live Zoom coaching calls, which is amazing because we record them and then you can rewatch them as like live webinars because I basically present and coach on them. So they're really, really powerful. And of course, this is a two month long process. So you're getting me literally imagine every day for two months, right? Game changing. And last but not least, you get weekly personalized homework where basically we are going to ensure that you are mastering the curriculum that you're working through in the program. So if you're struggling or you need to be stretched, you're going to get a email with all the things that you can be doing and implementing to ensure that you are making progress, the progress that you came in for. So it's a very, very goal-driven program. So there's nothing like it on the market. My team and I have done extensive research on what's out there. And not only is the curriculum entirely unique, but our so like hands-on approach is unique. No one else offers that. No one else offers daily WhatsApp coaching, as well as the kind of community that we cultivate within the program. Obviously, it's exciting because we're launching it right now. Like the doors are open as you're listening to this and they're closing in just a few days. But what's important to know is that I am not launching this program again until 2024. So this is the last chance to work with me in any capacity in 2023. So if you've been on the fence about it, or you know you want to do some regulation work, or you want 23, 2023 to be your year, like you came into this year setting some targets for the new year that you're actually going to start to take control of your life. You want to get your life back. Like you're not going to let another year pass you by. And this has been weighing on you. Then now is the time to take advantage. Now is the time to do this now is the time to do this work. When you join with me, you also get a year access to daily brain training tools, as well as a series of bomb bonuses. You guys, like you are getting $38,000 worth of content and bonuses and courses and just so much on top of the program of it, in and of itself. And we basically made it a big bang because we want to really serve the community before, dun, 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 drum roll, dun, 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 <laughs> before I take a pause on coaching. Why am I taking a pause, Faith? Why must you be not launching again, one might ask? Well, excitingly so, I am going to be getting some more certifications that I specifically know are going to up-level my offering. So I talked about this maybe on the podcast. I know I talked about this on social media. I have been doing uh, or engaging in, if you will, a modality called rapid resolution therapy. And it is amazing. It is subconscious work entirely where you can release blocks in the subconscious really quickly. I really, really like it. I think it's a very specific kind of work. Like there aren't very many people in the world who do it probably like 25 or 30. So it is quite difficult to find a practitioner. And because of that, I want to make it available to the masses. Like I want to put this in HTA because like I've already gotten a million messages of people being like, I want to do it. But not only is there like no practitioners, but people don't know how to do it in relation to chronic illness. 
And because all of my work is subconscious work, I know that if I can bring this into HTA, I'm going to help people heal even faster. So I'm taking time off to get my certification in rapid resolution therapy. It's a lot of work, you guys. Like I'm actually going to have to like properly be doing this like five hours a day for, I don't know, like seven months, eight months, like (laughs) um, before I'm certified. But I'm also looking into different software to include biofeedback into the work that I do with my clients. So because of that, I need to take some time off, you guys. Now, here's the thing. When I come back and I revamp HTA, it's going to have to be more expensive because I'm going to have to hire more coaches. I've actually already hired these coaches and they're in the process of training. So, you know, when we launch it again, there's going to be a lot more hands-on support and the price point is going to be higher. However, if you purchase HTA now at the current price point, not only am I going to include rapid resolution therapy because I've been doing this now, right, you guys, for months. So I am already starting to include what I've learned and what I've done. I'm also going to include some biofeedback based on different hardware devices that my students have. So you're going to get these modalities integrated into it now at the current price, but you're also you're also going to have access to the new program when it launches in 2024 without paying a dime. So if you pay now at the current price point, you will get access to the 2024 version without paying any extra money. So think of it like you're getting grandfathered in, right, to a curriculum that is going to be revamped. So I cannot emphasize how much now is the time And if you're like, yep, 2023 is my chance, is my time. I'm tired of waiting. I don't want to keep pushing it off. Life is short. Why push, why push off your goals? I want to include a quote that really touched me. um, And it's from Buddha. And it says, when asked the biggest mistake one makes in life, the Buddha replied, one thinks we have time. And I really think that that's the case, especially with people who've been living with chronic illness for so long. They think that they have time, but life is short and your health is the most important thing without your health, you have nothing. So take your health by the horns, make sure you take advantage of this deal. I'm so passionate about this. (laughs) It is my life's mission to prove to people that they can, they can do the damn thing. And so can you. So go to the link in the show notes after you listen to the episode or now if you're ready to do it and click on the health transformation accelerator deal and snag your seat in this bomb ass program that is literally going to change your life. I have so many testimonials. You can read them on that page. You can listen to them on the podcast. You can watch them on YouTube. This program changes people's lives and you would not be an exception to the rule. Without further ado, though, let's dive into the reason why you came to this episode. And I think something that's really going to help you feel confident in your healing ability. The link between trauma and chronic illness. What is it? Let's start then with what is a trauma. 
I recently released a course on trauma and I had a lot of people in the group, we had a Facebook group for it saying that they were really surprised at the definition of trauma. And I think you might be too. So a lot of times when people think of trauma, they think of it as like some huge event, like maybe a parent or a family member passing away, parents getting divorced, a house fire. And that definitely is a trauma. Don't get me wrong. But that is not the only thing that constitutes a trauma. So what actually is a trauma is very individual specific. And that is why two people can experience the same event and one person experiences trauma and the other doesn't. Now, trauma actually has to do with your individual coping mechanisms. Your inability to process or cope with an event is what causes trauma. If you are not able to process the emotional charge of the event around you, the body does something very interesting. It, because we are so wired to survive no matter what, the body will respond by saying, okay, we can't process this event and we don't really want this event to totally destroy us. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the energy of this highly charged emotion because that's what trauma is. It's bound to potential energy and we're going to store it in the body and we're going to respond with a trauma response instead of trying to continually dwell on the event because we know we can't process it. And instead of continually thinking about the event, we are going to respond with perhaps fight, flight, freeze, or what that looks like, people-pleasing, overanalyzing, perfectionism, all of these different responses that are resourceful for us at the time of the event, um, but of course are not resourceful for us later. Okay, so this is what happens when we have trauma. The other interesting thing that happens when we experience trauma is that our physiology, so our body, right? That's what I mean when I say our physiology, memorizes, like time-stamped in a way, the physiology of that event. So every time we think about the event, the physiology that we experienced at the time is going to come up with that thought. So let me just give you an example to help you process that. So let's say you're 10 years old and you're on the playground and someone pushes you in front of all your friends and you don't have the tools to process this. You've never been made fun of or pushed and that is highly traumatizing. So the body knows that you are overwhelmed with a negative emotion, right? Embarrassment, fear, shame, whatever it is. And it says, okay, we cannot process this right now. We're going to push this down. So we're pushing this emotion or energy in motion. We're pushing it down and we're going to store it in the body. So that is now bound potential energy stored in the body. And that is our trauma. Now we are responding with a trauma response, initially a nervous system response. So we might either freeze, we might flight, run away, or we might fight. These are survival responses. These are very resourceful responses in the moment, in the time of trauma. 
But our physiology of the time when we were responding with a survival response is very much that of adrenaline, cortisol, heart racing, breath up high and in the chest, energy away from the logic centers of the brain and to the extremities, all of these very resourceful responses for if we are in a traumatic situation. So that is our physiology at the time of the trauma. Now, because the trauma is stored in the body and it wasn't released, we didn't have the tools to process and release that at the time. Every time we are reminded of that trauma, our body goes back to the physiology of the event. So it's associated the physiology and that emotion as one and the same. So you might be 15 years old and you watch a TV show and someone gets pushed on the playground. And that reminds you of that situation very quickly, automatically. This is the autonomic nervous system. Very quickly, your body will respond with that physiology. So you are going into that fight flight response, even though you're just sitting there watching TV. The response in the body is the same as the initial event. There's no difference. The body is the unconscious mind. It doesn't know time right? It only exists in the present. Only our conscious mind can comprehend time. So when that emotion is brought up, our unconscious mind doesn't understand that it's not happening now. It associates the fight-flight response with that memory because that was the initial response at the time. And it continues to bring about that physiology. So what's happening when that physiology is occurring in the body? Well, we know that it turns off digestion. So right there, our gut is being impacted, meaning we are not absorbing nutrients properly. The gut isn't moving. So we're probably storing toxins. There's this huge cascade and knock-on effect on the body when we can't absorb nutrients and um, energy from our food, right? Um, We know that we're not breathing properly when we go into this state. Um, We know that we aren't able to sleep when we're in this state. We know that we're not able to procreate when we're in this state, right? Because these are all things that are for thriving, not surviving. Like it's not, um, you know, nature didn't get us by this far by letting us sleep when we're in survival, right? We need to be awake. (laughs) Um, We feel wired. Um, Our jaws are very tight. Again, this is the primitive reflex of needing to bite um, when we are in survival mode. It's also why we feel our shoulders up so high because we're ready to fight. Um, There are loads of different knock-on effects of this response. Now, having that response in isolation is absolutely fine. When you are actually in a situation that threatens you or is perceived to threaten your survival, you can go into safely this sympathetic or fight-flight response. And then when you're safe again, you come back down into rest and digest or parasympathetic. So this is a beautiful, normal way for us to survive. However, when we experience trauma, we're going into this state a lot. And the more we go into this state, the more we go into the state. (laughs) So what does that mean? We start to become very sensitive and create what we call a neural network of associations. So instead of just thinking about being pushed down at the 
playground as a trauma, our brain, because it's so highly efficient, will start to associate other triggers with that trauma. So perhaps playgrounds now in time, once we think of that memory enough, start to become associated with trauma. Perhaps children start to be, or friends start to be associated with trauma, or large groups of people start to be associated with trauma. So we start to, in time, build these networks where there are lots of triggers within our environment internally and externally that trigger us into this fight or flight situation. Now what's happening is we're visiting this physiology a lot more often than we were initially. So we might not even really remember the initial trauma. Let's say now you're 30 years old, but the body is continually being triggered by the series of things that have been built into this neural network and has been sent into the physiology via the unconscious mind or the body every time it perceives that trigger. So it's not only that you are in a park or around a group of children, but again, if you have a thought about it, it's the same thing. Your thoughts to your body are real. So here's the thing. When we're experiencing these elevated, negatively charged emotions of embarrassment or anger or whatever you call it, we become addicted to them. And so we begin to obsess about them. So you might say to me, what does that mean? Okay, well, have you ever been up in the middle of the night and been thinking about your trauma, obsessing about it, thinking about what you would say to someone if you had the chance to do it over? Have you ever been driving in the car and replaying the situation in your head over and over of how you might do something different? This is the human brain being addicted to these hormones. And there's a reason why this happens. It's not because you're overly obsessive. It's because our brains are constantly trying to hyper-focus on what we don't want so it won't happen again. This is how we evolved. This is how we survived. Everything our body and brain is doing is trying to help us survive. So when we are constantly obsessing about these situations in our head and being really bound by the situations, you know, like this is why I am the way I am because these happened to, these things happened to me when I grew up. Really what's happening is you have been addicted to these emotions for so long. You have been wired to focus and obsess on these situations because the brain and the body are fearful that this could happen again. And so by focusing on every little detail, constantly obsessing and carrying that weight throughout your life, you are able to ensure that it doesn't happen to you again. And I am sure that, you know, you would see this throughout your life, the way that you act is constantly in avoidance of these situations. And that is not, you know, just like, this is you, this is your physiological response. But the other thing that's interesting about it is that not only are we focusing on it because we're trying to prevent it in the future, but we become addicted to the energy. Now, I mean the physical energy. When we have a release of cortisol, 
what happens is we get a jolt of energy. So this is why I'll give you an example. At night, we have melatonin, right? And this helps us sleep. And then in the morning, I believe it's like around 8 a.m., we get this like jolt of cortisol. Um, Maybe it's earlier, depending on your like sleep-wake cycle. But um, so this is what makes us feel awake in the morning, right? Like you feel different if you're woken at 2 a.m. versus when you're woken up in the morning, hopefully, if you're healthy and you feel good. But you know what I'm saying. This is also why in a situation of, let's say, survival, right? You see people being able to like push like, okay, let me give an example. Have you ever heard of like people being able to like moms being able to like lift a car if their child is underneath it, right? These like superhuman stories. So these kinds of responses of like insane amounts of energy are because the body is in this like survival superpower state and this using all the body's resources to give you energy will help you have that jolt to like fight for your life or to lift a car or to run for your life. So you are kind of like you're superhuman when you're in this state, right? But we can't be like that all the time because it will deplete, 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 right? We we want to go for a more balanced life if we can, obviously. We know that there are all these harmful effects for living like that. But the point of that is that this cortisol is a jolt of energy, right? And so we as humans become addicted to that energy. When we fall into the trap of obsessing about our pasts and using them as excuses as to why we are the way we are today or to further confirm like, ah, this is why my life is shit or this is why I always do this. We are just physiologically being addicted to that feeling. It's not conscious. It's subconscious. So there are reasons why we fall into these traps, but ultimately you can see this trauma kind of ripple through, right? Like from inception to initially being triggered through similar associations to building this neural network to then causing this addiction in so many areas of life. Um, This obsession of this is why I am the way I am and constantly ruminating on negativity because the brain's job is to focus on what you don't want so that you can avoid it. So you become an expert on what you don't want, right? And then moving forward as well, getting addicted to the energy of these hormones that do ultimately function to give us this superhuman energy. Of course, when we are down again, um, we are very depleted if we spend a lot of time um, in this space of chronically high cortisol. So there's this sort of like chain or cascade effects of events happening here. And what you need to understand is that the subconscious mind, right? The subconscious mind, its job is to release what isn't serving you. So if anything reminds you of your initial emotionally charged event, the subconscious is going to bring it up. That's its job. So it's why randomly you're always being reminded of your traumas even in a very like subconscious way. Like you might not consciously be reminded. You might just feel like a chronic pain or anxiety within the body or depression or something. And you're like, why do I feel this way? But it's not random. That is your subconscious trying to release that energy. Remember, trauma is bound potential energy. Okay. So this is kind of how we start to view the body with grace 
and really start to build this relationship where we're listening to the feelings of the body. Because if we understand that these sensations in the body are the body's way of trying to release this energy, we can understand that the body is always working for us, right? And it's it's trying so desperately to release what isn't serving us so that we can go back to homeostasis. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. If you weren't interested already, <laughs> I think it's all insanely interesting. So what's happening throughout this whole process that I'm describing to you is that our nervous system is becoming highly dysregulated. What does that mean? Well, we're going into this fight flight response a lot, right? A lot, a lot, a lot, all the time. And the longer we store this energy, the more we go into that space. So if you are storing traumas from when you were five and seven, 15, whatever, you might be going into that space many, many times a day. What does that do? That creates a nervous system that really doesn't know how to get down into parasympathetic or rest and digest. It's a very sympathetic or fight or flight dominant nervous system. Okay. So all of the physiology, all of the physiological things I discussed about what happens when you are in this state for a, you know, when a few minutes, even, right. We talked about the digestion stopping and not being able to use the food as, um, the proper kind of nourishing energy, the logic centers of the brain turning off, not being able to procreate, not being able to sleep, all these problems. And I hope now you're getting kind of a light bulb moment. Like there are people struggling with these problems. Like there are huge institutes, sleep institutes, right? Fertility institutes, trying to figure out why the hell people aren't able to do these things. This is what I'm explaining to you right now. This is why. Because we get stuck in these hypervigilant states where these functions of the body turn off. And at the same time, what's turning on? Epigenetic changes are causing autoimmune disease, causing sensations of chronic pain like migraine or joint pains. We start to see um, really, really sensitive nervous systems in the sense that people can't detox well. They're highly sensitive to mold, to chemicals. The gut is highly compromised, meaning we are susceptible to bacterial overgrowth, fungal overgrowth. Um, We're not able to create that beautiful balance within the gut. We're not able to fight off infections. Infections run amok and then antibiotic use goes up. We are not able to fight off viruses. So we have this like viral load. Um, And then we have all of these chronic illnesses, left, right, and center. We have institutes trying to figure out why the hell people can't sleep. We have specialists who are trying to figure out why there's such a rise in chronic illness, right? We have gut health doctors and coaches trying to figure out why people have IBS, why people are constipated, why they have so many food intolerances. We have scientists everywhere trying to figure it out, but they're focusing on the wrong thing. Not to say that what their research shows isn't going to be helpful, because it certainly is. And I would never discourage someone from continuing to use their specialist if they feel like it's helping them. But what I would say is if you're not regulating, if you're not addressing the root root cause, the cause that I've explained to you here, 
then you're probably hard pressed to find that these modalities are going to entirely work for you. Because if you can't release the energy that isn't serving you, the memories that are keeping your physiology stuck in a space that's designed to help you survive, not thrive, then you'll stay sick. And you'll find that people who get a diagnosis not only get one, but as they continue to stay hypervigilant, they get more. And by the time they come to me, they have five, six different issues. I certainly did. IBS, chronic fatigue, Graves' disease, candida overgrowth, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, Epstein-Barr virus, mold poisoning, chronic UTIs, anxiety. My list was even longer than that, you guys. And it was just one thing after the other. And I know a lot of you are in the same boat. Obviously, I'm here to tell you that when I did this work after being sick for 10 years, I healed almost everything in three months and fully in nine and have not had a single flare since. It still blows my mind today that I (laughs) lived my life, you guys, taking so many medications, like literally antibiotics every single whatever, like at least three times a week. I had SSRIs, beta blockers, Xanax, different. I had to inject myself with B12. Um, I had to use tranquilizers sometimes because of my heart rate. Um, I had like so many Buspirone, Adderall. I'm just trying to think of the names. Zofran, Daily. Like I had so many medications that it's just like kind of hard to believe that I was living like that, like feeling broken for so long. And this is what was hiding under the surface. And the link is undeniable. The literature is there. It takes time for this to get out there. And I think the other thing is you can't really prescribe this work. Like you can't sit someone down and explain all of this in a way that they truly understand it, in a way that motivates them to want to do the work. Like this is an internal job. Achieving this kind of healing and releasing that kind of energy is not something that everyone's willing to do. Do you know what I mean? But the cure, the cure, the cure, you guys, honestly and truly is following this path that I've laid out for you, right? So thinking about where's this inception point of where this energy, this bound potential energy initially kind of like poked through, penetrated, right? This beautiful wholeness and purity and happiness and peace that was me. And how can I trace that back and process that now? How can I build the tools to create enough safety in my body that I can release what isn't serving me? And that really is the key. So people ask me, they're like, well, then how do I release it? The body, remember, initially when it was stored, it was stored because the body knew you didn't have the tools to process that event. Simply put, the way that you resolve it is by acquiring the tools. When you acquire these internal tools, the body is like, ah, it's safe now. And when the subconscious tries to bring this to the surface, instead of it just manifesting in a physical pain or a flare, all of a sudden it will become very clear to you what it's manifesting as. It will be the truth. You can feel it safely and release it. And then it's gone. That's it. You don't need to intellectualize it. You don't need to overcomplicate it. You just need to create safety. So this kind of work is really beautiful because it's not a painful thing. You know, it's finding ways to create that safety within the body. 
But I know this, we don't come with a rule book, right? It's not so easy. Um, I wish we did. I try my best to create platforms where people kind of feel like they're getting the rule book. They're like, okay, I feel like I'm actually starting to like understand what the hell is going on inside of me. And I feel like that's like such a big part of the puzzle. But, you know, you've got to focus first and foremost on creating that safety and everything stems from there. But the good thing is like, it's kind of like a a cure-all because once you start to release, you start to regulate, the body starts to naturally go back into homeostasis. So it's, it's a really beautiful process and really a great, effective, efficient way to approach your healing. Now, if you're serious about doing this, because a lot of people are not serious about doing this, I I hope that I can convince people to come to this side because it is so much better. It's so much more beautiful. It is so much freaking easier. Um, I'm not saying it's easy, like you don't have to put in the work, but it's easier than waking up every day feeling like shit. It's easier than not feeling happy, right? It's easier than taking 15 pills a day to survive and panicking because you forgot to bring your safety pills in your bag. It's easier than being judged by everyone because nobody understands what you're going through and you're inconsistent. It's easier than missing out on all of the life events because you have anxiety or you don't feel good. It's easier than anticipating a flare that doesn't even exist yet, but having that paralyze you. Doing this work is easier than the life you're probably living. And feeling free is so much better. So if you want to do this work and you're ready to do this work and you're tired of feeling like shit, then make sure you sign up for the Health Transformation Accelerator. This is exactly what we do within the program and so, so much more. I always say this, like, remember that it's baby steps. Every single day, it's about doing something different that you didn't do before to create that safety. And there's no quick fix. But if you stay consistent to the promise with yourself that you are going to do the work every single day, you will find healing. And I hope this is kind of that narrative cognitive shift within you to spark that curiosity and that desire to not only believe that you can, but that it's possible for you because it is. No one's too far gone. You might be very dysregulated, but you are not past the capacity for healing. So I hope that this encouraged you. I hope that it just like helped you understand a little bit more about this link, that you don't need to be addressing trauma and chronic illness separately. They're one and the same. Streamline, baby. It's so much easier. (laughs) Okay. So That is your little mini coaching explanation session today. Please let me know if you found this to be helpful. Share it on social media. Share it on Instagram. Have the courage to share it with someone that you love. When you tag me in it, I will make sure to message you back and we can chat through what you thought about the episode. And Make sure, like I said, that you go to the show notes and just take a look at the Health Transformation Accelerator. If you're new here or you haven't seen the program, go ahead and give it a click. You can see the testimonies of other people who have healed through doing this exact work that I described today. And I hope that their stories encourage you, lift you up and spark the hope inside that you need to get your life back. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I truly love you so much. I love this community of healers. When you heal yourself, you change the world. So never stop.